Ladies and gentlemen, All Saints Catholic Church in Dallas, Texas welcomes you to All Saints Coffee Chats. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks Hi. for joining us for Coffee Chat. I'm Chelsea. I'm Andrew. I'm Luke. I am Paul. And thanks for joining us here at All Saints. It's, uh... We're excited to have Luke Malone, uh, the All Saints Catholic School uh, theology teacher for the middle school. Um, grateful he was willing to join us this week. We'll see if I'm grateful after the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whether you like it or not, you're here. <laughs> true, true. Drinking out of a Christmas mug. It is halfway to Christmas. It's the 25th. That's right. And Cheers to making it halfway to 2020, through 2020. Uh, <laughs> it only seems like 20 years. <laughs> 20 years of 2020. True. I also had an inside joke with my students that on every 25th, I would wear a Christmas tie. And nice. first I just saw if they would realize what I was doing. And eventually they did. So Eventually they caught yes. up. I'm not wearing a Christmas tie, but Christmas mug works. There you go. In this one. There you go. Oh, that's right here. Well, Luke, we're glad that you're with us today. We, uh, we promised to go easy on you, Thank you. Uh, at least for a little while. And of course, like always, uh, for those of you who are watching and joining us, uh, you can submit questions. We don't have a uh, solemnity or special feast coming up this week. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about Saints Peter and Paul, uh, who celebrate their feast day on Monday. Um, but really, whatever questions you might have, one of the blessings of uh, our jobs is that we're able to work with Luke up at the school and do apologetics, yep. uh, which has been a lot of fun. That's something that Chelsea and I were able to do last year with Miss Hawkins, or two years ago with Miss Hawkins as well. Um, so if you have apologetics-style questions, we'll try to get to those as well. Um, between the four of us, one of us should have an answer. Um, <laughs> If none of us know the answer, um, we've got a Bible. Yeah, we've got a Bible and a catechism. We also have the Code of Canon Law, and it did slightly move to the left, Josh Clemens, if you're critiquing. Um, I looked at it. And yeah. we turned it around. <laughs> yeah. So you can't so tell we, that it's we the Code of Canon it Law. And, yep. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to have fun today. Uh, we'll start off with some easy ones. We, we always like to ask, at being all saints, we always like to ask people, um, who's your favorite saint? So... I guess my confirmation saint and pretty close to my favorite saint, if not my favorite saint, is Saint John Vianney. Mm. Um, I read the big, thick autobiography, or no, the biography of him by Shershu. Yeah, Shershu, whatever. Thank you. Um, and so just like looking at all the different stories there, and just like realizing the extent to which he lived his faith, and also the extent to which he was. Um, attacked by the devil and just by various people it was very eye-opening just to the extent to which he followed god and how closely related he or how closely connected he was to the will of god yeah so i've always you know we have you mentioned confirmation so we have uh young people here at the the church who are going to be going through confirmation over the next couple days and i always like to see the different saints that they choose and to do research on some of those, especially the ones I'm, I've never heard of. And there's so many really, really cool out there saint stories. I mean, I know I've joked before, even on here and at the time that I've been here, like St. Moses the Black, St. Moses the Ethiopian um, is one of my favorites just because his story is so odd where he was this cutthroat murderer and was hiding out in a monastery and had this huge conversion and then ends up converting people who come to rob the monastery and um, Christina the Astonishing, who like sat up during her own funeral and flew to the rafters. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 she's remarkable. And it was someone I had never really heard of before um, until somebody brought it up as their confirmation saint. Like, she would throw herself into rose bushes when walking by people who uh, she could feel their internal suffering. So she would throw herself into rose bushes to take on their suffering and like swim in ice cold water and light herself on fire. She was, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Not always the safest thing to do. True. We recommend true. you not doing that. Um, but yeah, she would just take on these forms of, of corporal punishment to take on other people's suffering. Um, so that's that's really cool. 
You guys got any new saints over there that that are standing out to you? Chelsea, I know you're getting ready for confirmation, so you've probably looked at at least 80 saints over the last two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so our young people are being confirmed. Um, we have one mass this evening and one mass tomorrow. Um, so pray for them as they receive the Holy Spirit in a new way um, this evening. Um, I learned about St. Bona, I believe that's how you pronounce it, um, who is the patroness of um, stewardesses and um, anybody in the airline industry and travelers. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah. St. Bona of Pisa, so I guess over in Italy. Yep. Um, don't know my geography super well. Uh, that was an interesting one. Um, St. Olga is a new one. St. Olga, the princess warrior. St. Ludwina. We, Wina? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the patron saint of ice skaters. There's there is a patron saint for literally everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, hairdressers, police officers, internet, internet. Yeah. Actually, speaking of the internet, um, did you see that? Um, and oh my gosh, I'm going totally blank on his name. But the young man that we talked about last year is going to be. Yeah. Is he going to be beatified or canonized? So, so there's a young man, and I, I, I'm drawing a blank on his name as Carlos, well. Carlos, yeah. It, or something. Yeah, but so he started a database of Eucharistic miracles um, when he was like 13 or 14 years old and then was diagnosed with, um, was it non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? I think so. There's some, something like that, and ends up passing away, but the, the website still exists, and it, it is a... Mm-hmm. database of every um, every single Eucharistic miracle and uh, where they happened and when they happened and like the stories around them it's really really cool to to read and look at and see that um, this young man put that together and he did it in the early 90s so you I mean when you go to the website it's not flashy it's not like look at all these cool things it's it's like a text and click and one picture and information kind of website it's very basic but it, it's really cool and to see the amount of people the traffic that the website still gets mm-hmm. and that he's gotten so close now to canonization because he's gone from um, being uh, part of um, what, are, what are the steps beatified blessed servant of God yeah. yes. so he went from servant of God to bless it to where mm-hmm. now he's he's very close to canonization. Yeah. And he was only 17 when he died? Yeah, he was very young, like very young. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that's really cool is like the some of the saints who are modern saints, uh, modern being uh, in our lifetimes, mm-hmm. you know, John Paul II, we all, we all know John Paul II. We, we have colored pictures and video of John Paul II and, um, you know Chiara Lucci Badano, who is was a young woman who again had a very rare disease, died at like the age of 18. But like the people who witnessed her life, even as she was dying, and talking about the joy they felt just being near her, um, her parents would spy on her to see if she was actually that happy all the time, and she was. And she just constantly said like, I, "I'm preparing myself to to." enter into a relationship with the Lord that other people um, before me have experienced, but I'm ready to uh, hear now. So Interesting note with her, when my sister entered the Nashville Dominicans a while ago, um, she took the religious name of Chiara no. after Chiara Lupe Vidano. Yeah. Yeah. So you're so, wait, how did I not know this? She, she left. Okay, so oh, okay. She, left <laughs> she left after a little bit, but yeah, she greatly enjoyed her time with the Nashville Dominicans, but just awesome. having her wear the habit and calling her sister Kiara, it's like it was it was weird, but yeah. it was like it was a nice weird, but it's like it's just something that I'm not used to. Like I'm used to calling her empty because it was May Therese May Therese is her name, and we would tease her by saying, Oh, you're just empty. So, like, there's nothing, like, oh, completely empty. Why did you make that statement? Whatever. Oh, man. So we were mean. We were very harsh. And once she became a nun, hopefully she prayed for your soul. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm sure she did. I need it still. Oh, man. We all do, right? Yes. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, it's it's always funny when you know, like, a priest 
or religious who before they're ordained and like suddenly I have to call you father but you were in my youth ministry program <laughs> that you I did not see this coming <laughs> yeah. you know or uh, like even sister Josephine who we all know really well from different conferences like when I met her she was still an apostolate so I've known her as somebody not sister Josephine um, and, and so yeah and I have another friend sister uh, Faustina who I knew it as a youth oh, minister, mm-hmm. and she was Nicole, and it's like, wait a second, that, wait, okay, yeah. all right, I'll try not to call you Nicole. So, um, one of the other questions we like to ask, favorite scripture passage, which I know is always a bit of a challenge. Yes, um, favorite scripture passage, some of it depends on what mood I'm in, um, whether I'm happy or I'm sad, or yeah. going through a tough time. Um, I like the De Profundis psalm, with out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, Lord, hear my prayer. That one especially when I'm sad or when there's something rough going on in my life. Um, Though, I would say the one that I always go back to, no matter whether I'm happy or I'm sad, um, would probably be Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Yeah. And it says there, for I know well the plans I have in mind for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not for woe. Plans to give you a future and a future full of hope. Mm-hmm. And so, that's just—it's very nice, um, just to like keep that in mind. Whether everything's going well, and it's like, okay, good. Like, I can—I'm very hopeful now. Like, even like it's my future's going to be good. But even when things aren't going nice, just realizing that God is working through this moment to bring a future full of hope. And even though I don't like it in the moment, it is in some way good for me. Mm-hmm. And it's in some way I'm learning from it. So yeah, I would say that's probably one of my favorite ones that I've, man, a priest told me to go look that up after talking to him when I was 12, 10 or something. So like the last couple of years. <laughs> oh yeah, last couple of years. I mean, I'm only 13 now. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, that's a scripture passage that you can reflect on every day and kind of look at, like, where things were and where things are going. And, and I know, like, especially right now, with everything going on with the pandemic, that that's one that I, I've turned to and shared, you, even with my kids um, recently, to just be like, I know this isn't easy, I know this isn't fun, but there there is a God who has a plan, and we may not understand it, but it is a plan that is good, and we've just got to get through whatever this is mm-hmm. and know that there's something good coming from it. Um, Which can be really hard in the moment. So, yeah, absolutely. It's like it's hard to tell your child this is good for you when their child is reading in pain on a doctor's bed. Yeah. And, like, you're trying to help them get better, but it's going to hurt them to get better. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm always reminded of, um, I, I don't remember where I saw it, but I, I'll, I'll have to find it and we'll, we can post it later. But it, it's a it's a comic of this guy who's really frustrating. He's talking about like God not being there and I can't see you in this moment. And it's so frustrating. And then it zooms out and it's it's him like looking through a telescope into like this vast white space. And it zooms out even further and he's got the telescope right up against God uh, who's wearing like an alb. Um, and it's it's like I'm, I'm right here. I promise you I'm in this moment with you, and I promise I'm going to deliver you from this. You just have to trust that I'm here with you um, and be hopeful. You know, I, I, our VBS theme this year was the Rocky Railway, but we got our shirts, and it's got this big, bold, hope is not canceled. Um, and I, I think that's a really cool thing. And, and going back to the scripture passage of Jeremiah, is like we make plans for ourselves, and we have ideas of what we're going to do and how things are supposed to be. <laughs> And then God takes those plans and he kind of laughs at them. Yeah. And then he's like, just just you wait and see. Um, and it's always so much more beautiful and so much more amazing um, on the other side, for sure. Absolutely. Indeed. You got any scripture passages that are standing out for you guys lately? Anything? I am trying to remember. I, I have one. I, just, I can't remember the number. It's been one of the Psalms. Um, I want to say 139, but I'm not sure. 
Um, start saying <laughs> the good we'll news is, is that like before 147, they're still numbered. Like between That's 9 true. and 147, they're off by one number. That's right. So, could be, yeah, yeah. Just, so you might be right. It was there's their fault. <laughs> just just like like they are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're only off by one, so you can't be too wrong. <laughs> just blame it on them. Okay. Uh, is it, Lord, you search me and you know me. Um, you know when I wake up and when I go to sleep. Uh, and, and it's it's like it's one of these really short songs, but it. it Pretty sure. Maybe I'm mixing some together, but um, but that those particular verses have all were just been kind of standing out to me of like um, just the importance of like yeah God God knows what's going on just kind of what you were saying earlier yeah. like I I'm as frustrated as, or whatever I'm doing like God God knows he's he's seen it he's been there and yeah yeah you got anything getting ready for confirmation, confirmation. <laughs> all of the holy spirit passes. every day um, give me peace <laughs> yeah right i've really been reflecting on the readings for um this upcoming weekend um and we were having a we had a bible study last night with our high school students um and just talking about like the reading of jesus um how he he's telling the disciples like essentially you have to put me before everyone else. Yeah. Like you can't love others more than you love me. Um, and we often look at that as like, um, an ex- like it being like the sacrifice and we're just being forced to give up things. But in looking at it of the sense of like the exchange that occurs, like be- like Jesus makes the sacrifice and like dies for us. Um, but in like, in us putting him first, the exchange of giving us eternal life, like abundant life now and like eternal life later. Um, And like, if you look at the next verse following um, that the gospel for this weekend is he essentially feeds them humble pie and then goes out into their towns and preaches ahead of them. And so he's like, ha, I'm going into the place that you're the most comfortable, which is one of our teams pointed out was like, okay, so now you can't go into the place that you're the most comfortable preaching as I just instructed you to do so, but now I'm forcing you to go elsewhere because I already went there. Yeah. I was like, huh, that's something that, you know, think on that, like, even when we're being forced out of our comfort zones, like the return on us living a life of following Christ, like the return is going to be so much greater. Yeah. Yeah, I, my son and I have been doing a Bible study, um, and this morning it was Luke chapter four, um, verses like eighteen to thirty or somewhere in there. Sixteen. I remember when I wrote that one. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, but it talks about like how a prophet is not welcome in his own home, right? Like, and it starts off with like Jesus proclaims the yeah. I, the scroll from Isaiah, and he talks about like I am I am the son and all these things, and everybody's like rejoicing. They're like yes, and then he goes, but wait. Like, you guys are not going to be okay with what I'm about to say to you. And he kind of tears them down a little bit, and it, they immediately turn on him and go to throw him off of a cliff. You know, and I was like, this goes back to, like, last week's reading where we have Elijah talking about, like, the walls are crumbling around me. Like, the world around me is desolate and sad, and everyone hates me. And Jesus, like, went, went through the exact same thing. And so even with this weekend's yeah. readings where he's like, if you love your mother and father more than you love me you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you love your son and daughter more than you love me, you're doing it wrong. And it's like, man, I can't imagine if Jesus goes into Jerusalem or, or Nazareth, you know, where he grew up and, and says these things that, like, he's going to be very welcomed. It's yeah. like, no, I don't, I don't like it. Which goes back to, like, what we were saying at the beginning. We do apologetics. Those are not always easy conversations. Mm-hmm. Those are not always things that are welcome. And, and we're in our own home, right? Like, we're either at the school or we're here at the church. This is our home base where we're comfortable, but you have those uncomfortable conversations, and all of a sudden it's like you're not even welcome in your own town. You're not even welcome in your own place. And so Jesus is probably like, it's best if you're not comfortable when you go to do these things, so let me take care of that problem for you. Uh, again, going back to Jeremiah, right? Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you to somewhere that is greater than where you expect to be. Because a lot of us would think, if I can do it in, in my home, they're going to be okay with it because it's me. But like, imagine Matthew trying to walk into um, the city and try to preach. Like, they hated Matthew. Like, <laughs> what? You might be comfortable here, but no one likes you. So, yeah. yeah. 
what does this sinner got to tell us about how to live the yeah, life of Matthew? Right. So, yeah. look, I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Speaking of uncomfortable conversations, <laughs> what's the least comfortable conversation you have in your classroom? Least comfortable <laughs> conversation? I'm uh, reframing I... a question, though. <laughs> least comfortable. Um... Or what questions do your students ask that often might push your buttons? Some of it depends on what class I have. All right. Because sometimes their questions um, get very personal and they're asking from a lived experience that they've had. Oh, okay. And so, um, and I'm going to use my sister as an example for this one, just that way there's, you don't have to worry about like, oh, this happened at All Saints, yeah. etc. Um, it's always a safe way to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, and it sort of like relates to the types of questions that I deal with um, that can be very uncomfortable. But my sister, who works down in Houston, um, she got asked, that, or she was going over the Ten Commandments with eighth grade, going through each one of them, and they got to Thou shalt not kill. And just all the different things with, that includes Thou shalt not kill. And suicide is one of them. However, one of the brothers of the students had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And so she just had to basically walk very gently around that and it's a hard balance to say what the church teaches mm -hmm. while also saying it in such a way that you actually don't water it down and don't um, basically just you give them the fullness of the truth, but in a gentle way, yeah. and mm -hmm. given their personal situation. Mm -hmm. um, and so there were times where I had questions around those. Um, there's what was what's something that I could tell. Um, well, any uncom anything having to do with morality is always interesting mm -hmm. at this school yeah. and always very touchy because also there's always well I know a person like this or yeah. are you telling me that I can't or two people what if two people love each other and mm -hmm. it's like oh but they're saying that love isn't good or um, married and divorced because mm -hmm. that's yeah, another that's very tough one. yeah that's sensitive a yeah uh -huh, especially because you do have kids that come from divorced families mm -hmm. And then also you have the kids that say, oh, wait, you're saying that just because, or the church doesn't want this person to be happy because you're saying that they, since they said, I do, that's a binding commitment. Mm -hmm. And you're saying if they don't get a divorce, you're making them be unhappy and the church doesn't care about them. And so there are just a lot of these issues that can be very difficult to talk about, especially with sixth through eighth graders mm -hmm. who are still learning how to think abstractly and are very much mm -hmm. in the just like I feel this way therefore this seems to be the truth for me yeah and just like, getting them to realize that yeah that there's something more outside of that again but while all trying to present the truth gently yeah I think any anytime you get into issues of morality where we have such a a, a relativistic culture mm -hmm. um, that uh, they try to explain their way out of everything, right? Oh, yeah. like I, I do remember um, having conversations at one point in time with young people about thou shall not kill does not mean <laughs> literal murder. And they were like, so you're saying, and, and I was like trying to explain it. And, and one person responded by saying like, chopping a person's arm <laughs> off is not the same as killing them. And I was like, but do you see how that is still a sin? And they were like, but it's not thou shall not kill. And I was like, but, but what and, and you know I, and I get like you're you're I'm almost 40 years old and there are still things that I can't wrap my head around in terms of morals like what is the correct moral issue in this situation versus this situation how do you handle those things and um, 
So, right, I can't imagine for a 14-year-old or 13-year-old, like, this is cut and dry and simple and, and easy. Um, but I do think, um, you know, one of the blessings, and even though the, the questions are challenging and we've been in there with you where we get some doozies, <laughs> um, that truth is so attractive um, and so beautiful that people are drawn to it. I think the problem is they people think they're getting truth from places that are not truth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so hard is that when you try to go back and tell the truth, you have to undo so many years of what you were told truth may be. And not not uh, not purposefully, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, no, no parent is teaching their kid that the sky is orange just to mess with them, mm -hmm. right? You, you're, as a parent, you're trying to teach truth. But if truth with a capital T has never been taught to you in that way, then what is true to you may be actually relative. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's trying to help with those things. And so any of those questions, like you said, they, they become very hard and uncomfortable because there's pain that comes from so many of those things behind them. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to, trying to fix the pain while teaching the truth, which mm -hmm. can be painful, even more painful. Right. And, um, yeah, but I, I, you know, I, I think it's been such a blessing, like I said, to, to be able to do those apologetics classes mm -hmm. because they do have, um, so many questions and I, I love, you know, the catechism of the church is such a beautiful tool for all of this that it's like it's not Paul Bianchi's <laughs> answers or Luke Malone's answers it's here's what the church has given for us as a tool to help guide you in these things yeah so. I like what you said about having to undo previous conceptions about what truth is what different things are because thinking about it one of the hardest things this year well, hardest might be the wrong word, but one of the things I've had to try to undo and redo in a way is getting them to understand what love is. Yes. And what is the definition of love? Because when they think about love, 99% of the time, they normally think about erotic love, mm -hmm. the movies, all of that. Yeah. And just trying to get them to understand that, okay, that might be an aspect of love or one type of love, but just to fully understand what true love is. Yeah. And then also, if I say I love a donut, I, I love Batman, it's different from you saying I love my wife, which yeah. is different from Christ saying I love you. Yeah. And so just like, they have such a hard time with that. And when we say that love is more than just the desire, or love does not mean, to love somebody does not mean that you have to like them, their world is shattered. Yeah. Because they think, Oh, if I love someone, I like them. Yeah. And just there are so many times where I have to repeat that and they still don't get it. Mm -hmm. And then when we have these conversations about morals and ethics and all of that, they're still working on the basis of if you love them, you like them, you agree yeah, with them. Everything's and, yep. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. It's not the way it ha it's not the way it is. Because Christ loves us all even though we sin. And it's if we have to work and be correct our understanding of what does love actually mean and I think that's probably one of the biggest things because if I could have that corrected automatically if I could like snap my finger and have that corrected oh man it would be so much easier yeah it would make my job so much easier well I, I can't even I don't even know if I can count how many times we wrote love on the board to start each one of the apologetic <laughs> classes and being like, oh, yeah. remember, it's not a Justin Bieber song. <laughs> it's a choice. Yes. And it's, it's willing the good of the other person right. for the sake of the other person and not selfishly. And so we have to start from here. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last week. Good. Do you remember anything we said? No. <laughs> yeah. What's no. the definition of love? Yeah. Uh, okay, you have we're it all talk written down again. in your notebooks. Okay. <laughs> it's not a Justin Bieber song? Like, no, that's not. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. This is why I will not be a doctor of the church. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's quote on love, not a Justin Bieber song. Yeah. Sorry if you're watching, Justin. No offense. Uh, we're still looking we will not be tiny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> We're not looking for a sponsorship. Um, 
What are, do you guys have some other questions that are coming in? So on the, the flip side of that, what's the most rewarding thing about teaching the young people about the faith? One of the most rewarding things, um, when their face lights up and they're like, I understand, I get it. Um, like I had a sixth grader and she was just trying to understand, she was having a hard time doing that. And just like, I was presenting stuff, representing stuff. And then all of a sudden, it clicked. And we were talking about how King David comes from Bethlehem. And then I'm like, where is Jesus born? Bethlehem. And Jesus is a descendant of David. And she finally like makes the connection and she's like, my mind is blown. I like this. This is so great. And just like getting them to understand that. Um, though the biggest reward for me, like those are great. I love those moments. But when we have mass on Fridays or if I see them in the chapel and they're actually taking it seriously because mm. I outright tell them I could care less if you get an A in the class. I want you to get an A. I want you to understand all of that because you need to understand the faith in order to be able to like enter into it more. Mm. But at the end of the day, I don't care if they can recite this random fact from this random father of the church or doctor of the church. Right. <laughs> um, if they can go into the chapel or to mass and take it seriously and actually pray and have a relationship with Christ, mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, I've done a good job. Yeah. If they've gotten all A's, but they don't have that, then I'm like, what did I do wrong? And I know it's not me, it's the, like, I'm not the one that can open their hearts. Mm -hmm. That's between them and the Holy Spirit. And I can just plant the seeds, I can try to water, I can try to open up opportunities. And so in a way, part of me wants to teach math because it's, Two plus two equals four. Mm -hmm. Quadratic equation, mm -hmm. calculus, whatever. What, like not for middle school, of course, but <laughs> there's answers, and it's still like, okay, you got an A, good, you understood the concept. But with religion, it's not. Did you understand the concept? Like that's part of it. Mm -hmm. But are you living it? Mm -hmm. And I think when I see the kids actually start to live it, actually start to have it become something that's personal and that affects how they live their life, that's when it's like, okay, I that's really great, I've enjoyed that. Mm. So, yeah. But it's hard because they're also middle schoolers and they're mm -hmm. like, what's, like, some of them are like, why do I need religion? What, right. So it's, it's a balance. But yeah, when I see kids actually live the faith, mm -hmm. that's one of the most rewarding times for me. Yeah, I think one of the questions that we had sent you ahead of time. We, we always send a couple questions ahead of time. You're not supposed to tell them that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Pulling back the curtain a little bit this week. We talked, you know, with the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul coming mm -hmm. up, um, both had very different approaches to evangelization, but neither were wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, they were both very good. And so, you know, I, I can see there where you're saying that, you know, the being able to quote the Summa is not as important as being able to sit in the chapel and have a conversation with God. Mm -hmm. um, and I think so much comes from, there's so much more growth that comes from the heart and then the head than the other way around. Because I think if you get too heady and you get too stuck in that, you start questioning everything here. You treat it as not a hobby. The way, yeah, right. the hobby instead just of right. the faith. Yeah, it's yeah. just like math. Just Where's the other way? Studying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, not. I absolutely agree. Yeah, going back to my saint that I love, St. John Vianney, he basically almost failed seminary multiple times. Why? Because he couldn't do Latin. And he had trouble with the other aspects of just the, learn, the book learning side of it. But if you were to go ask him a question about the faith, he had such a love for God, and God revealed to him the answers. And so he would yeah. solve these complicated problems with simplicity. And people would be like, how do you do that? Because like, in, all, in the world standards, he, may, like, he shouldn't be able to do that. But he was able to because the heart was there. Yeah. 
I think it's important too to look like they're not ex mutually exclusive. It's not like if you know more, then you can't pray as much, or you don't have as good a spiritual life. Yeah. Or if you have a good spiritual life, then you don't. But like, know as much it's like it's they're they're not. This one doesn't you know exclude the other, but oh, yeah. you don't have to necessarily you know have this side perfect before you can before you can learn to pray and have that relationship. Oh yeah, um, definitely, and. I do like all the book learning, all the reading the Summa, mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. And so like they very much go together hand in hand. But yeah, just like I want them to get A's and I want them to yeah, live the faith. And I enjoy when they make the connections and that helps their academic when I test them, but then I love it even more when I see them living it. Yeah. So Sort through some questions here, I guess. You got a few questions up there. Uh-oh. I need to go get more of this. <laughs> I'm just going to no, On a lighter note, um, on a scale of one to hate it. How is it working with Paul? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> one, one being the worst and hate it being hated. <laughs> right. How angry does Luke get when kids call him Post Malone? <laughs> I don't even want to know who that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, was actually, that was actually his first choice for confirmation, St. Anne. It was St. Post. Post. Yeah. You don't uh, actually have to answer the, the question. I just had to say it. On that one, actually, <laughs> it's almost become like... Luke, I am your father. Where it's like, <laughs> okay, ha, 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 very funny, now let's go on. Um, I just, I do roll with it. Um, and if they do it all the time, yeah, it becomes annoying, but it is what it is. Now, the one that was sort of new, and I hadn't heard before, before coming to All Saints, was, well, actually, no, I had heard about, never mind, I heard about it before coming to All Saints, but the first time it was applied to me. Um, it was applied to other people in my family elsewhere, but it was water Malone. Oh, yeah. So sort of like water burger, water Malone, yeah. and watery yeah. melon, etc. Yeah. So yeah, um, but I don't hate it too much. It says sometimes it becomes annoying, yes, but you roll with it, and it's sort of funny because then it means that they're making a connection with you. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. I remember the one of the, we had impacts a couple times, you know, this year, and one of the times that you came, all the school kids that were there. This is our middle school like youth group events, for lack of any more description. But uh, you were there, and you walked in, and they were like, Mr. Malone! <laughs> you were just like, oh my goodness. But it was, yeah. it was so cool to see, like, they were excited to They were so you. excited. Mm -hmm. Sorry for interrupting your impact meetings. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. One time you weren't there, and they were like, Where is he? Mr. Where is Malone. He? Why isn't he here? That's my measurement of the success of a volunteer right there. Do they care when you're not there? Do they there? care when yeah. you're not there? Yep. yep. I was like, anytime anybody asks, they're like, so what can I do better? I'm like, nothing. Like, they miss you when you're not here. That's all I need because you've made a connection then. So, yep. yeah. Post Malone. Oh, man. Post Malone. So we got a few more there? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like random comments. Well... Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of covered a dozen of those at the beginning. Do you have any cool relics, Luke? Cool relics? Yeah. I only have one relic, and that is of Pope St. Pius X. Oh. Um, I was doing a summer program called Totus Tuus. Uh -huh. um, sort of like, the way I've heard it described is vacation Bible school on steroids, Catholic style. Um, and so I was doing that in Chicago, and we just happened to be at this one parish, and the priest had a ton of relics. And so he was just showing us all of them, and he had a ton of old Latin books, etc. And then at the very end of our week stay there, he called up the three of us that were there, the Totus Tuus members, I guess, whatever you want to call us. Um, and yeah, he gave us different things, and for me, he gave a relic of St. Pius X. That's so, yeah. awesome. Very cool. That's super cool. I, when I was in seminary, we had our, our freshman year. We were just a bunch of weirdos, but it was awesome. And one of the guys had a relic of St. Pius X, and we tried to make our, like, every every class had, like, a lounge. It was, like, a computer room, but then it just kind of was, like, 
extra room y'all can gather in. And we made it into a little chapel. And nice. we put the, the St. <laughs> Pius X relic, you know, up at the front. And yeah. That's, that's cool. He's a, he's a cool, cool dude. He is. Yes. I have a third class relic, I think, of Mother Teresa. I have. I think it's a third class. Yeah. I have, like, it was something that touched something that was hers at some point in time. I don't know. It's not a prayer card. Yeah, mm-hmm. the little prayer card with a piece of cloth with in the, the corner. Yeah, the, the, mm-hmm. so the sisters were were sending those out right around the time that she was. I have one of those as well. And I got one of those in Poland. Padre Pio, we have one of his, and we have Saint Jude, Saint Anthony. I got to we actually have a bunch of them in there. Saint Jude in the well, I point oh, really? to a place where no one can see except for the people <laughs> in this room. Um, he now his face. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have like Saint Jude, Padre Pio, Saint Anthony. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, we a bunch of different yeah, ones. St. Jude is a good one for you. Yeah, St. Faustina Lost Causes. Wow. I understand. Had the dead bones of St. Anthony. I was sharing with him a couple weeks ago. Rubbed on my face one time. Hmm. I yep. just held her. Held. St. Faustina. St. Faustina. Very nice. Yeah, so some friends of mine were able to arrange, when we were in Poland, to take a relic of St. Faustina back to the Archdiocese of New York. Oh, cool. So I got to go with them when they received the relic nice. from the sisters. And you would have thought, like, they treat the relic oh, yeah, yeah. like it's, you're giving, you're handing over, like, your firstborn child. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have one of St. Gianna as well. And yeah, we got we have quite a few. Speaking of relics, was, these aren't quite relics, but because they're not technically saints, but. I went to Rome freshman year of college and just for a nine day study abroad. And when we were there, we went to this church called the Bone Church. And um, it was very interesting because the crypt had, is basically, they would take the monks when they died, because it's a Capuchin monastery, mm-hmm. they would take the monks, <laughs> they would bury them, and then once they were just bones, they would exhume the body and put the bones on the walls of the crypt. Interesting. And it's a very, at first glance, you're just like, this is so weird. And like, aren't they being disrespectful? But it's in a way just like, has to do with the medieval custom of almost holding a skull in your hands and being like, remember that you are mortal, that you're going to die. And also there's a sign there in the crypt that says, what, you are now, we once were. What we are now, you will be. Right. And so it's a very in-your-face reminder, like, what are your priorities? Yeah. Like, you're going to die. And like, so, but it's like, it's not like they're just thrown out. It's, a, it's almost like a piece of art, the yeah. way they put up the bones and all that. But it's like, it is striking and weird and almost like, really? But at the same time, it's like, whoa, this is so beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, side note about relics and that's, that's not quite relics. Well, and even like incorruptibles, you know, I yeah. mean, we have so many saints that are incorruptible and, and, um, you know, that, that's another thing that's absolutely fascinating about the faith is that you have people who have been dead for hundreds of years that have not decomposed at all or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago that we had, uh, I don't think of what it was came through the diocese. She was at St. Monica's. Yeah, I can't remember. Was it Maria Gretti? Maria Gretti. It was Maria Gretti. Yeah. She made a trip kind of all throughout the South. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, even, even, you know, going back to like crazy saint stories, like hearing some of the things about them, like even St. Anthony, right? That like his tongue is still fully intact. Um, I know that's kind of weird. So if you don't uh, know, uh, I think it's something I would encourage people to look at. Um, but he, as the hammer of heretics, like somebody who fought so strongly for what the truth was, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, this part of his body has never decomposed or anything. While the rest of it has decomposed. And while the rest of it has, right? And it's like, it's so, so weird, but again, yeah. it highlights something about the faith. Who that was, yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, what you're saying, just going back to what you're saying about the catacombs, but also just like veneration of the relics and, and things like that. And like, mm-hmm. It's about, you've got to. You know, memento mori, you know, like remember that what we are yeah. <laughs> will be like that's that's a lot. That's but I mean it's true. Yeah. But it's like you were saying earlier, you have to teach the truth with love. Like you can't you can't do one without the other, otherwise you're doing a disservice to somebody. Um and so like in that case, 
like obviously that wasn't just for the shock factor of like hey oh, yeah. here's all these bones of these guys that are dead like no it's like we're doing this out of charity and love yeah for you and um obviously it's not something you would probably use in your classroom but there's the same <laughs> kind of principle right yeah right. um but we had the, the relic of the true cross here during easter that was really cool that one of our families mm -hmm. let us use that to mm -hmm. kind of put up uh, for some different things i think it was on good friday so. um yeah, I mean, it's it's just it. You know, some people I have heard some people say like how weird that is that Catholics venerate things like that. I'm like, it's not like any of us are bowing down to these things. It's just that yeah. this is part of our history and part of who we are. You know, mm -hmm. and if it's something that just allows us to grow in that relationship with that saint, who then ultimately is pointing us to Christ, because that that's why they're saints. They wouldn't be saints if it was just about them. Um, that it's just, you know, like my son was born on the feast day of Padre Pio. So he has a little rosary that's got a patch of cloth from Padre Pio. And it's, yeah. I have a relic of Our Lady of Guadalupe that, you know, it's just something that at one point in time they allowed to touch the tilma. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. So it all points back to Christ. All points yeah. back to, yep, absolutely. So, do we have more on there? We yeah. have about 10 minutes left. Um, give you have any book recommendations? Anybody? Book recommendations. Oh, man, depends There's on what so you're Are like, you reading anything right now? Is there a topic? <laughs> what are, you, are you reading um, anything currently? Am I reading anything currently? Um, depends on what category. <laughs> In terms of a spiritual book, I've been reading slowly, very slowly, um, Insinu Yezu. Um, it's by a Benedictine monk, and it's just sort of his private time, or his time in adoration and prayer, and um, I guess you would categorize it under the category of private revelations, mm -hmm. where Jesus spoke to him in basically not in terms of like appearing and speaking, but just more through his, like he, I don't know the exact way, um, I like I would assume through his mind and just like thinking in that regard and just like okay you you know like when you just sort of sit in adoration sometimes and you're just like this thought comes to you and it's like this is not for me yeah and so I I'm assuming it's in that way because I don't I haven't heard that it's been visions mm -hmm. um, but it's been very that one's been very good so insinu yesu um, also. The Soul of the Apostolate, I've been reading some, just talking about like, okay, how do we actually live our faith and preach it too? And basically, especially as catechists, how do we make sure to keep on being, keeping Christ first, basically, and not worry about numbers not worry about all this other stuff basically put our relationship with christ first and then everything else flows from that and so just making sure the house is in proper order um what else i've been reading the ender series but that's not religious <laughs> <laughs> so yeah ender's game and all that Ender's shadow um other good books. Um, those are the first ones that come to mind. But yeah, I'd say those two. The Soul of the Apostolate and then Insinu Yesu. Yeah. And the Summa, of course, but that's not really a book. <laughs> <laughs> I, a uh, I've, I'm not, I've never been a very big reader. Like, I, I'll read, like, snippets of things all over the place um like usually when it's like what book do you read the bible i, I, read, <laughs> a, I read the bible a lot um but i, I have it, and again slowly and not in the way that it is meant to be but the consecration to saint joseph mm -hmm. um I've, I've been going through slowly i think it's supposed to be like a 30-day thing i think i'm on like day 70. <laughs> um but yeah uh you know I, I i've got it on the nightstand so i'll pick it up every now and then and and, and read it but um, 
Yeah, I mean, really, most of my reading is either the Bible or books that are, like, directly related to the Bible, like, commentaries, or, mm-hmm. like, yeah. we've got the Old Testament book there by John Bergsma and Brant Petrie, if you guys are watching, how's it going? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's, I spend so much of my time in those kinds of books, mm-hmm. or, like, Bible studies mm-hmm. or something like that, that, yeah, I don't, I don't do a lot of personal reading. And actually, read on that. there's... But. On the Incarnation by Saint Athanasius. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's first, second century AD, and that one's really good. And I like it because he goes through a very system, well, sort of systematic um, approach to just like, why did Jesus come down and take flesh? Mm-hmm. What's the point of it? Why did Christ have to die? Why did he have to die in public? And so just going through all of those reasonings. And so I like that one, just like, yeah, on the incarnation. And just sometimes it might seem a little bit like, what is he talking about? But at the same time, it's just like when I read it, then sometimes I have to reread passages. It's like, wait, what is he saying? But it's good because, again, here's somebody that was basically a father of the church. He helped develop the church and just like help to have it grow into what it is today and so just to read his work yeah. was very great, um, beneficial for me so one thing I've been working through just, really, just because people ask me um, the sayings of the desert fathers um, mm-hmm. that just something has been driving me to them kind of recently especially with the way that we're kind of isolated and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know maybe we should look at people who thrived in that right. sort of like Space. We're all forced yeah. to be hermits, right? <laughs> and there's, there's just there's a collection like of, and obviously they're not all exact quotes. I mean, it's hard to tell from the you know the 300s and stuff, but right. it's a it's a it's a long-standing you know um, collection of uh, sayings from the Desert Fathers, and they're all it's the sort of thing you can just like read a paragraph and then put it away for a month yeah. and then come back and read a chapter and then my kind of book, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's been really cool and helpful, kind of just right at the moment too. Yeah. So, real quickly, we're going to... Current book. I won't give you Sorry. a huge explanation. Um, shout out to Becky Eldridge, her current book, The Inner Chapel. Um, go look it up. Yeah. It's awesome. My wife was reading that one yeah. as well. Good yeah. stuff. I'll uh, tag it in there. Yeah. So, real quickly, we're going to jump into the lightning round, but before we do that, we do have a quick announcement from the parish. Yes, yeah, so we whole. have questions on um, tickets for weekend masses. Yes, so we are going to be going into uh, phase three starting this Sunday. We will have five masses uh, that are happening uh, this weekend. So the 730 mass will be in the church, but that is for people uh, 60 and older. Uh, the 9 a.m. mass will be in the church and the gym, as well as the 11 o'clock mass. Uh, we are still doing public masses uh, Monday through Friday, uh, at, or sorry, Monday through Saturday at 9 o'clock. Um, a couple quick guidelines that we have. Uh, if you are going to be here, you do have to wear a mask uh, and practice social distancing. Obviously, you can sit with your immediate family members, but we're asking that you keep, I believe that downstairs in the gym, it's three seats um, apart and in the sanctuary it's six feet um, to kind of help out with those guidelines. Um, so again, you, you have to wear a mask to be in the building and we will be doing uh, social distancing, I think, uh, is that the guidelines right there that you posted okay. as well? Yeah, so yeah, there's the, the guidelines, website. you can read through those. Um, we we're capping the attendance in the sanctuary at 150 and 100 in the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have to get tickets. You can go online to allsaintsdallas.org uh, to to find where to get the tickets. Or if you follow that link that we just posted, there's uh, a little passage in there that says uh, direct link get mass tickets. So you click on that, and that'll send you to there. Um, if you are living together, right, you can you can stay together. Tickets will be um, collected by the greeters on the way in. If you do not get there before mass, if you do not get there five minutes before mass begins, uh, you may lose that ticket. Um, so if if you're in the habit of showing up a little late for mass, which I know some of us can fall into sometimes, uh, that that's not going to work. 
uh, for this. Uh, we're asking, uh, you know, there's information about parking. We want people to park closest to the venue where you will be ticketed. So if you're going to the gym, going to the KLC, or the Camel Life Center, if you're going to the Sanctuary Park on the Meadow Creek side uh, near where the Sanctuary is, uh, again, everybody's wearing masks. We're not gonna have worship aids or anything like that. Um, communion guidelines is that we will have ushers. Masks will be uh, removed right before, before receiving communion. And we're telling people uh, that you're going to receive communion uh, on, on your hand. Um, and then you will put your mask back on once you have consumed. Uh, the ushers will dismiss you. So you will not be able to leave mass right after receiving communion. Uh, you will have to go back to your seat and uh, then you will leave immediately once the mass is over so that we can disinfect. The dispensation is still in place in our diocese. Yes. That's a very important thing uh, for everyone to remember. Um, it is not, you will not be in grave sin uh, for not going to Mass. Again, this was one of the questions we got a lot. Yes. I go to Mass uh, at my school on Thursday, so why do I have to go on Sunday? Well, uh, for those of you who don't know, before the pandemic, uh, it, you do have a moral obligation to go to Mass every Sunday and Holy Day. Um, the dispensation that has been given has come down from the Pope to the bishops uh, that if, you know, right now with everything that's going on, uh, you can still take the spiritual act of communion you are not required to come to Mass on Sunday. You will not be entering mortal sin by missing that. Um, we will be continuing to do the live stream uh, videos and social media. We'll be continuing to do uh, our Sunday reflection videos. Uh, if you have students in junior high or high school, we're continuing to do Bible study. We're continuing to do impact and uh, Bible study with the high schoolers. Um, we have been doing Breakfast of Champions outside on our field here, which has been a blessing. We've had about 30 young people that have joined us for that. We'd love to have you. Um, again, we want everyone to be safe. We want everyone to be healthy. Wear your masks. Um, if you're coming up here for VBS, wear your mask, play the games. Uh, keep socially distant. If you're sick and you have a ticket, don't come to mass. Stay um, home. Stay we home, please. Stay home. Um, if, if one of your family members uh, that's living in your house is sick, be safe and stay home too. Um, you're attending Mass by your own choice, um, but take responsibility and know that, that the decisions that you make or that others make do have effects uh, on all of us. Um, we, we would love to see you in the building. We encourage you to come, but we also understand that um, it's a very different time right now. And so uh, be safe, be smart. Um, know that whether you are in this building on Sunday or not, we love you and we are praying for you. Uh, and, and, you know, we will see you in, in the Eucharist, whether it's uh, Sunday or six months from now. Um, either way, again, we are praying for you. The, the priests, our staff, uh, the, the clergy that are here, uh, deacons, uh, we are praying for you guys every day. Um, we'll continue to do things like the coffee chats for as long as we can. Uh, they're a lot of fun for us. Yeah. Uh, the, the, our favorite part, though, I think, has become these lightning round questions. Um, we kind of come up with them ahead of time. One of us tends to come up with them ahead of time. So one of us has a little bit of a head start in how they're processing this. And then the other three of us are <laughs> gonna look like bumbling idiot. Actually, all of us probably will. Um, I'm not. But <laughs> yeah, ready. you ready? So we're ready. Let's do this uh, again. Uh, we hope to see you Sunday. Wear your mask. Be safe. Uh, and if we don't see you, know that we're praying for you anyway. And uh, we look forward to seeing you when we can. All right, let's go. Now we do have a timer, but we have totally different questions and maybe even more of them. But so let's see what we stress. can do. Ready, set. Go. Oh, okay. No, wait, so wait, wait, we know Luke, <laughs> Paul, Chelsea, Andrew. Is that Andrew. the order we're going in? Yes. All right, sure. let's go. Go. Superman or Batman? That Superman. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Batman. 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 Pancakes or waffles? They know who their boss is. Pancakes. Pancakes. Waffles. Waffles. 
I'm gonna say pancakes. He Chocolate doesn't have vanilla. Vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot already. Um, Chocolate. Chocolate or vanilla? Okay. Vanilla. Chocolate. Chocolate. Ice cream or donuts? What time? <laughs> Morning. Anytime. Midnight. Any time. Faster. Faster. Ice cream. <laughs> Donut. Ice cream. I think my answer changes every week. I think so. I'll go with ice cream. But both. Would you rather be able to be invisible or to fly? Mm, fly. Fly. Invisible. Fly. <laughs> Would you rather be 10 years old forever or 60 years old forever? 10. I'm going to go 60. 60. A 10? <laughs> I think that's we're just we're already pretty much <laughs> <in there. laughs> closer to that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that different. Peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. Jelly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather bite twenty duck-sized horses or two horse-sized ducks? <laughs> um, the first one. Yeah, I'm going with the twenty. Yeah, duck-sized horses. Yeah, me too. I think me too. Like, I want to see there, two horse-sized ducks. Sounds scary. Would you rather <laughs> fight? Bills? Like, I want to see that, but I don't want to fight it. <laughs> Would you rather fight one human-sized cat or ten cat-sized humans? Ten cats. Yeah, yeah. Ten cat-sized. Ten cat-sized humans. Ten cat-sized humans. Get your face ripped off. Cat. It's like a lion, <laughs> but bigger. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with ten. But it looks like a, it it's looks like, like a cat. It's, it's a very not like another kind of. It's like a giant cat. <laughs> yeah, I saw like, Tiger King. I know how this ends. <laughs> um, would you rather sleep with your shoes on, or with all like sh- socks and shoes on, or with all the lights on? Socks and shoes on. Oh, lights. Oh, lights on. I'm gonna go with lights. I cannot get to sleep. With would you rather live in a hundred degree weather, or ten degree weather, and it's like always the same temperature? Oh, I would have to more go 10. 10. 10. 10. Even though we all live in Texas. Oh, it's degrees anyway. Bunch of Texans. Aquinas or Augustine? Aquinas. Ooh, uh, Augustine. <laughs> I don't know. Yikes. Neither. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My professors are going to find me. <laughs> would you rather Aquinas. eat the same meal every day at lunch or eat a different meal every day? And like once it's off the once you've eaten it, it's off the menu. You never eat it again for a year. For a year, okay. Yeah. It's a different meal. It's like yeah, I think I would have to go same. I think I would go with the same meal every day. Different. You eat Chick Fil A every day. <laughs> Sometimes I get fries. Sometimes I get the other things. Sometimes she gets soup. <laughs> you don't even know what the other things are. I don't even know. What the other I got soup one day. Soup, 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 it's hot. <laughs> um, get ice cream. Would you rather seven foot long arms or seven foot long legs? Well, if my arms are seven feet and my legs aren't, they're going to be going on the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah, but if your legs are seven feet, you look like you're always walking on stilts. <laughs> and then you're a T-Rex. <laughs> right. yes. Do you want to be a T-Rex or a gorilla? <laughs> like, those are your options here in this game. Yeah. I prefer... Uh, am I... Um, Teeth sharp or not? <laughs> like a T-Rex? I don't know. That's a you. <laughs> I'm going arms. Um, okay. I'd go with arms too because my head would hit everything. <laughs> my last favorite one that I like to ask people. Would you rather be an adult brain in a kid's body or a kid's brain in an adult body? Um, what age for the kid? Uh-huh. No. That's <laughs> 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 not lightning rounds work. <laughs> You're being so Aquinas right now. <laughs> we need to talk about this in two ways. First, <laughs> first, um, I would say adult brain and kid body. Yeah. Yeah, me too. You have any other ones that you? Uh, what was the? Burning. What was the other one? Um, we've asked a couple times now. The ski lift. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would you rather would be stuck on a broken ski lift yeah. or in a broken elevator? <laughs> I've been stuck on a broken ski lift. I've been stuck in a broken elevator. I'm going I've been ski stuck lift. in a broken elevator too. <laughs> I'm going ski lift because yeah. there's snow down there. Ski lift elevator like it depends on how high up you are. Oh. <laughs> Would you rather fight four that's, 90 that's year olds or 94 year olds? 
Four 90-year-olds. There's so much fighting in this game. <laughs> yeah. Four 90-year-olds. food or fighting. <laughs> yeah, I'm, going, I'm right. still going 90-year-olds. I think we're at the end of this. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, we are way over. That's five. Sorry, guys. 48. Thanks for hanging on with us. <laughs> we're close oh. to the prayer, Luke. Too funny. Sure. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to come together. Help each one of us and everyone listening to truly become your friends. For you have called us friends, not slaves. Help us to truly know your fatherly love for us. Help us, especially in this time of isolation, to be able to call out to you when we feel isolated, to call out Abba and come to us, wrap us in your arms and give us the strength that we need to overcome the difficulties in our life. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All saints. Pray for us. Join us next week. Our special guest is Father Alphonse, our pastoral administrator. So it should be a lot of fun. We'll ask him if he'd rather fight four ninety-year-olds or ninety-year-olds <laughs> and see what he has and to say. And see what he has it. to say. So we'll find yeah. out. Thanks, we'll guys. Talk to you later. Glad you're with Bye. us. Bye. Have Broncos. a great week.